Thank you very much. Great to be here. Good morning. Um, right, so 17 sleeps till Christmas. Yes, the, the cottons uh, have their Christmas decorations up. It's all over Facebook if you're interested. Uh, you see, you think I don't look at Facebook. I've seen your Christmas decorations. Very lovely. Um, uh, and, but, almost as exciting, only four sleeps till the election. <laughs> no, okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm quite excited anyway. Oh, love a good election. Me and Mark, we'll keep going on the election. Yeah. Right. Um, you've probably heard enough about it already. I know you're wondering what on earth is he going to say. I am, don't worry, I'm not going to tell you how to vote. I wouldn't dream of that. I have purposefully, not purposefully, somebody in the West Prayer meeting pointed out to me this morning that I've worn neutral colours on purpose, <laughs> just so you couldn't accuse me of any bias or anything like that. But no, I'm not really going to uh, get into the details. What I want to do is to talk about our attitudes and how we think about it overall. Um, what... Uh, I suppose, actually, as I was thinking about this, as kind of like, how on earth do you tackle this subject? I feel like it's really important that we engage with the election. It's a big deal around us and on our TVs and everything going on. But, and as God's people, it's crucial that we engage with it. But how do you do that? What do I talk about? And I just felt what God say was that I want you to remind people of my story, my big story, because the context of this week and all that's going on is God's big picture uh, that includes everything. God is sovereign. He's over everything. And the danger is that we can get sucked in like everybody else into the detail and the argy-bargy and all of that. But uh, I think it's so easy sometimes for us to forget the story that we, we start believing the wrong story about who we are, about what's going on in our nation and the world. And I think God says, no, 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 I want you to remember my big story and let that shape how you approach um, as you come to vote and talk and discuss and everything this week. So we have uh, uh, quite a bit to get through. Um, we have lots of, Phil is going to be very busy there on the laptop. We've got lots of scriptures. Um, so really, I just want to do a whistle-stop tour, first of all, on the story that provides the context for where we find ourselves right now with a few scriptures. So the first scripture is this. The earth is the Lord's... Are we there, Phil? Not yet. Oh, I forgot about the picture in the, in the, in the West. Have you got the... Oh, yeah, I didn't even... I, I even forgot about my picture. Why is it that they all feel net, that the, net, the necessity to be seen in this pose? It must say something about something of what they're all doing it. Anyway, let, let's, let's uh, move on from that to scripture and God's big story. So the first scripture is this, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Amen. That's our starting point. God is over everything and he's interested in everything. And he loves everybody on this planet, including politicians. Whatever we might think, God's over all of it. He loves it. It's his. Amen? Can that be our starting point? There's nothing. There's no part. There's a famous quote, isn't there, from a, a Dutch prime minister, Abraham Kuyper, who said this. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign, does not cry, Mine! Amen? That's the first scripture. Second scripture is this. 
God has given to human beings a mandate within this world, on this planet. He's given us a job. This is how it's described in Genesis 1. So God created mankind in his own image. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. That's our mandate as human beings. Amen? That we're to fill the earth, that we're to bring God's order to it. He put mankind in a garden, gave them a wilderness planet and said, go fill it with my glory. Bring my order. That hasn't changed. The the fall happened, yes, but now in redemption, we've been redeemed to the original purpose, which is to see the transformation of God come into every part of the planet. Amen. Every place where you find people, whether it be in your street or whether it be in your workplace or with your friends, in your family over Christmas, whether it be in houses of parliament, in this election, in every part of it, God says, I want you to bring my glory. That is the mandate that he has given to human beings. Amen. And so we to believe that for every, there's no part of creation, there's no part of human being um, civilization that he doesn't want to get involved in and say, you as my people, now you bring my glory, that's your job. Amen? And so we as the people of God are transformed, being transformed, that we might bring his transformation into every part of where we, ha- where, where we live and dwell. And this is why Catherine's story is so great, because it's just an example that we are transformed so that we bring his transformation. And we need increasingly to believe that that is what we're about and that's what we're for, wherever God puts us. And he'll put some of us in places of influence, in political places, in government. He wants us everywhere. He's interested in all of it. He loves all of it. Amen? Amen. Next scripture is this. Jesus' prayer in Matthew 6. His instruction to the disciples, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's still our prayer. And by the way, because Jesus prayed it, it's already underway because the Father is answering his prayer. Amen. And so his kingdom is coming. Isn't it, Catherine? It is coming. Wherever he puts us, his kingdom is coming. It is advancing as it is in heaven on earth. Is it happening in your life? Are you seeing that? We're seeing that in these days, aren't we? In all sorts of different ways, the stories we're hearing His kingdom is coming. He's bringing transformation in us. Why? As an end in itself? No, that we might bring it and influence for him and bring his glory and wherever we go into every part of society. Yeah, his kingdom is coming. The transformation process is underway. And we've seen we've seen the end of the story. Nothing can stop this transformation process, the heavens and the earth. Amen. Next scripture. Jesus's prayer. To the Father, just before he's crucified, John 17, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, that is my disciples, my people, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not of it. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. So that's us, folks. He sent us. We're not of the world. We shouldn't look like it. We don't behave like it. We don't react to things like it. But we're sent right into the nitty gritty of it in all its mess, in all its brokenness to get involved and bring his transformation. Yeah. How do we do that? Final scripture in this bit has lost its taste. How shall uh, its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we're to be light and we're to be salt. 
We're to confront and declare as light does shine truth in, but also we're to infiltrate. And, and, and some of that, we won't even be seen. People won't even know what's going on. Like salt, it'll just taste, it'll just taste different because we're around. Amen? And that's how we're to be. This is the story that we're part of. So whatever is going on in Westminster, whatever is going on with Brexit, whatever is going on with politicians, this is your story. Amen? This is what's happening now. God is bringing his transformation. He wants it in every part. And interestingly, we've been very good as a church. In many ways, there's a lot going on these days in terms of social action and helping and serving in communities where there's brokenness. We, the van is a fantastic example, gateway furniture, all that's going on there. The church is doing a lot, isn't it? But some, there are moments when we're also going to need to go upstream and change the policies and change the way things are being decided and get God wants us involved in government and in influence as well in every part of society because of this big story. But it's a, it's, it's a story full of hope. And it should give us incredible confidence about what is going on in the world. We don't need to be despondent. God is sovereign over all and he, his kingdom is coming through you and me. Amen? So first little video from an outfit called Christians in Politics who do lots of this kind of thing are on that theme really of going upstream uh, with our influence. Let me get out of the way for a minute. All over the UK, the church is doing an incredible job. We're running food banks, mentoring at-risk teenagers, counselling those in debt, being friends to the elderly, sheltering the homeless, running parent-toddler groups, just homework clubs, music arts workshops, healing in the street, sports camps, working with prisoners, community guard. This is wonderful, but there is a danger. Martin Luther King said that as Christians, we enjoy being the good Samaritan on life's roadside. It often feels good to help someone and see the change up close. But he went on to ask, who is going back to the Jericho Road? In other words, who is making sure that no one else gets mugged? Do we need more street lighting? More CCTV cameras? More police on the beat? The thing is that those political decisions happen in fairly dull committees poring over statistics and reports. Not as exciting as seeing that change right in your face. But if we don't show up in those places, the church may spend the next 50 years as the nation's paramedic, treating the victims of a flawed system, but failing to bring righteousness and justice to the system itself. It's good to be the good Samaritan, but it's also good to give them the odd day off. Some of us need to be in the system. Might that be you? Don't just vote. Show up. I think this is part of what God is doing at the moment. I think he wants us in every sphere. He'll be, uh, I think he's increasing influence. Even there's stuff going on in our town now behind the scenes um, with what's going on at Honda and influence that Christians are getting together to pray and talking to people in the council and so on and so on. This is underway because God wants to bring that transformation into every part of society. And on that topic, I just want to show you, uh, we've been looking a lot recently at the prophetic words that we've had as a church over the years, that they would really influence and, us and shape us and shape our thinking and our praying. 
And this is uh, another part of a Julian Adams prophetic word. You probably have heard bits of it before from 2011. Um, But I want to read this to you because I believe that what he spoke over us all those years ago, increasingly this is beginning to happen around us. So this is part of that prophetic word. And the Lord says it's a season of extension. Amen? Do you believe that? I believe that. It's a season of extension. I'm going to begin to add to you buildings. I'm going to begin to add to you particular places in the community. By the way, I'm telling you this bit because I think this is actually happening right in front of us right now in Swindon. Um, I actually see like a community hall that's been disused and disregarded and see God giving you favor into that place. And I see you doing it up and I see a community hub that God is about to give you that will not only feed the poor and the broken, but will release blessing in the community. That is almost a perfect description of what's happening in Penn Hill right now with a church that is being has been planted from different churches around the town and what Kevin and Dawn are doing with others um, in Men in Sheds and all of that. It is a disused community hall. That is exactly what's described. That is exactly what is happening right now. And listen to the next bit of this prophetic word. God is going to begin to give you favor, even in political spheres in this community, here and in this town. God will give you an ability to see doors open very significantly. So if God is doing it, let's push into that. Let's believe that that's exactly what he wants to do, that because he's overall and wants to bring transformation to all, so he will put different ones of us in all sorts of different settings and we need to be there for one another's success urge one another on in that and believe that his kingdom is coming it's it, we should have incredible confidence in these days i believe about what god is doing amen so how do we respond specifically about the election one or two more scriptures on this the first one is this the place of government let's recognize the place of government um Romans 13 says this, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. He that is the governing authority is God's servant for your good. So government, and uh, they are his idea that that society would would have those, we're to pray for them, we're to respect them, they're part of God's plan even in all their brokenness. And by the way, the whole, the whole of society right now is broken, isn't it? So of course it's going to be broken, but it's still God, God will still use it. Do you remember when we were in the book of Haggai and we were talking about what happened to the Israelites and how God moved around the kind of tectonic plates of what was going on in the Middle East in those days? And uh, the Israelites were in exile in Babylon, but then uh, the Persians came and uh, took over the, uh, the Babylonians and released the Israelites back into Israel, which is when the temple was being rebuilt. And and the Bible makes it clear that God is over all those movements, that God allowed Cyrus, king of Persia, to overtake so that his plan for his people would prevail. So actually, God is in control, ultimately, every single thing that every person does. But God is sovereign. And he is working out his purposes through all sorts of different governments and powers. Never mind that we can't see in detail how that might be working out. Amen. And here's here's my biggie, really, as I've been thinking about it. And that is to say that we need to repent of our wrong attitudes and where we have gone along with the flow of society around us. Because remember that scripture just now, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. So we shouldn't look like everybody else, which means that when an election comes, we shouldn't talk about it like everybody else does. Amen? Doesn't that make sense? So listen to this scripture from Philippians 2. 
Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth, uh, holding fast to the word of life. Amen? So my plea is let's not look like everybody else. The Bible says, do not grumble. Why not? Because we know the big story. We know what God is doing. He's about a great thing. The Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. So we're not anxious about the outcomes or what might happen because the Bible says, don't be anxious. God's in control. Bring it all to him in prayer if you're worried about something because we see the bigger story of what God is doing and what we're involved with. So let's be thankful for the good things Uh, Compared with other times in history and other places in the world, we have an incredible amount to be thankful for. Let's not grumble. Let's not be anxious. But let's get on our knees before God and expect that he is working through the things that are going on. Amen? Amen. Everything in the world is broken. Every politician is not dishonest. But God is at work and we need to pray. How are we doing for time? Let's, um, let's just skip one scripture there, Phil, and let's go on to um, the Luke 6 one. How are we to respond then? If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is mercy. It is merciful. Amen. So we have received mercy and so we show mercy. Amen. We have been reconciled to God. And so the Bible says we are to be agents of reconciliation. This is how we are salt and light in the world. We look utterly different from everybody else. Amen? And so where there is division, we're to bring reconciliation. Where there is hatred, we're to bring love and all the other things that you know. But let us look utterly different. Let us truly be salt and light in these days. Amen? Which brings me to video number two. complexity and toxicity of debates around Brexit have left many people feeling paralysed that comes from a sense of chaos. But we follow a God who since the very dawn of time has been bringing order from chaos. It's his thing. And if you think we live in chaotic times, you should have been around during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. But how does order emerge from chaos? Well, how does it happen in your home or in your workplace? Order returns through restored relationships. The cross sits at the center of history because it makes possible the reconciliation between us and God, between us and the rest of creation, and between us and those who may not feel like us anymore. You may be sitting just yards from someone who fundamentally disagrees with you about Brexit. At this moment in the UK, there is a real danger of a cultural divide becoming a cultural chasm. So could you make the first move in reconciliation? Could you extend a hand beyond your comfort zone to engage with people who are different to you? It certainly won't happen through social media. It will take offline relationships. You see, we cry out for unity, 
But unity is very easy to talk about and very hard to do. And that's because it needs humility. And Christians have a wonderful gift to bring to the public square at this time. Of course, we don't stop saying what we believe to be true, but we also know a way to that humility. We know how we might just start believing that we don't see the whole picture. And it's from being in the presence of the one who does. It's from being on our knees in prayer at that cross and realizing that we only see in part then we might just be able to join hands with those from the other side who have also discovered that they don't have all the answers either. In truth, we know very little, but we know someone who knows it all. So being on our knees won't just change the Brexit situation, it will change us. And that might give us just a chance to be peacemakers and bridge builders, to be the glue that prevents a country tearing itself apart. So. Let us pray. Amen. And so the final scripture exhorts us to do just that. 1 Timothy chapter 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and for all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Amen. Amen. So there's a mandate for us to pray, to get God involved in that, to pray particularly for those in authority, to pray particularly at moments like this, and to pray that the church would be everything that God has intended, that it would have the freedom to declare truth, to bring transformation, to minister justice and grace and mercy. Amen. We need to get on our knees, don't we? So we're going to do that together right now as a way of responding. We don't do a lot of this kind of thing, but I'd love us to uh, take a few moments to pray. So let's stand together. We'll do this in a couple of different ways. And I'd love us to begin just by praying all together for this week, for the election, for the outcome uh, that God wants, for the candidates, for uh, unity to come in our nation. Let's pray what is on your heart for our nation, but primarily that God would be involved and that his kingdom might come. So can we all lift our voices? I know it's not a very, it's not a very British thing, but as different, different people, some different people in the room will be very good at this. So let's really go for it. Let's raise our voices and call out to God. Thank you. 
Amen. Amen. And I'd love us again just to mix it up a bit and let's pray all together in unison as well, can we? Um, for the candidates particularly, and I'd love us to do this on the theme of mercy, that God has been merciful to us. And so in every aspect, may there be mercy that prevails in our nation. And we, may we be bringers of mercy as well at this time. There was a conference uh, uh, last month, I think, that a number of people from the church went to social action and social justice organized by Jubilee Plus. And this, uh, I think, was a prayer, wasn't it, that was used there. Um, and it was so good. I'd love us to pray this together, okay? So can we do that? Let's go. Father, we pray for your mercy to be on display in our nation during this election. We pray that you would give us politicians who have mercy and compassion in their hearts. We ask you for candidates to be elected who are of good character, those who are wise, honest, and have integrity. Please give us as representatives who care about a common good more than self-interest. Please give us leaders who care about tackling poverty, injustice, and inequality. We pray for those who become our next cohort of MPs. Help them to be mindful of the great responsibility they have and the impact of their actions could have on thousands or even millions of people across the UK. Jesus, we ask you for politicians who reflect something of you in their character. Please give us merciful, compassionate, empathetic MPs. And please surround our MPs with godly men and women who can encourage them when their job is hard, who can bring wise counsel when it's needed, and can, can be those who aren't afraid to speak into their lives honestly. Help us to be good friends to our MPs, even when we disagree. Help us as Christians to be merciful towards them, to honour them and encourage them, and where we have close contact with them, to help them stay grounded and mindful of the huge good they can do in this role. Father, we ask you to protect those running for office. Please have mercy on them. Protect their families and their loved ones and keep them safe from harm. In this present culture, please protect their hearts and minds from the abuse that is directed at them. We pray that even in this current climate of vitriolic politics, would you bring calm to our nation during this election. Where there are politicians or prominent voices in the media who would stir up division and tension, please would you lower the volume on those voices and bring to the foreground the voices of those who are respectful to others and can disagree well with their opponents. Please would you turn up the volume on those voices. In all the political chaos of the last several months, it seems to require huge faith to pray for wise political leadership, economic stability, social or a miracle working God, and nothing is impossible for you. So we pray for these things too. Ultimately, Jesus, we ask you for politicians who will do us good as a nation, but particularly for those who will do good for those facing poverty and injustice. Please pour out your mercy on our nation at this time. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Yeah, Father, we, we love you. We worship you. We think, thank you that you are part of this, uh, that you've included us into your great story. May we believe your story. May we see our part in it. Lord, may we increasingly be transformed that we might bring transformation into every part of society, every place where you would put us. Let, I'd love to just for you to think of the places where your street, your workplace, the, the difficult people maybe that you deal with, the people that you'd love to see God break it. Let's lift our hands right now and I'm going to pray God's blessing that you would be the transformation that God intended. Father, we, I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters here, Lord, that they would be bringers of transformation, that they would be salt and light in the places where you put them. Think of those places right now. Think of those people. Lord, we say, let your kingdom come through us. Lord, let your kingdom come in our politics and in our government. Lord, be seen again in our nation, we pray, Lord. And Father, we pray for your outcome this week and for your peace in our nation and that your kingdom increasingly would be seen amongst us and in our nation in the days ahead. We pray it for your glory, Lord Jesus, and in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Have a great week.